to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagsdeff. Venomous Vinny. Hot toddy. Glad to be with you again, folks, as we... Ho-ho, jump into a wild subgenre of horror films. Uh, We're going to have a roundtable discussion about cannibals. Uh, Sort of the centerpiece was to talk about the... uh, the craze of the jungle cannibal films that uh, were in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, but we're going to open it up wider just to talk about cannibal films in general. Um, and the only assigned homework for the episode was to watch the cornerstone films of the subgenre, which are Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal Ferox, or Pharaoh, depending on how you like to talk. Um, and so that's where we're at. Uh, this. Uh, I'd been teasing that we were going to need to cover this topic for a while. Uh, I know that Vinny had no interest in covering this. Nope. <laughs> and then we found out the professor owns more cannibal movies than I do. <laughs> and so I don't feel so weird. Yep. Uh, and uh, most of mine were given to me. So <laughs> Mine were given to me from Blu-ray labels. I got swept up in package purchases. <laughs> um, yeah. Anybody want to say anything about cannibal films? I mean, I'll I'll jump into some more personal experiences later when we do more roundtable stuff. But um, just in general, um, I think I think the idea of these and some of the the fallout and debates of it are more interesting than the movies themselves. Yeah, which I think will will play themselves out in conversation here as well. The main thing that I gleaned from the handful of movies that I watch for this is once you have seen one. You have seen them all. <laughs> it's, that is a pretty fair statement. Um, I agree with that on the on the jungle aspect, but then I feel like when you branch out to to some of the uh, to some of the other fair, it might get a little different. Yeah, that's a good distinction. Yeah, it's a good point. All right, hot toddy. Which one should we start with? Do you want to start with your assigned yeah. project? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, how about uh, how about we just start? Probably with one of the most known ones, which is uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. Do we have any dates or details? It's 1980, mm-hmm. um, and this is Diodato that did this film. As And so there, basically within this topic, there are two directors you're going to hear more often than not with kind of making, um, if you're really into the subgenre, more of the, the, the critical, pivotal releases, which is also uh, Umberto <laughs> Lindsay is the other. Um, and so there's debates on who did the first one, who made the most important, the best, etc. Yeah. Uh, but this this is this is the grandpa. This is the real deal one. Yeah. This is the penultimate. I mean, others were made before this, um, and always the, the the biggest argument is always between this one and Ferox about which one is better or people uh, like better. To me, it's not even close. <laughs> Is so. Which one is this? Yeah, same here. I was gonna say this has like, if anything, it has a beautiful score. Yeah. Oh. It's better filmed, better yes. acted. I was gonna say it's better made. It has more. To Obviously, say. it's better acted because he did jail time for this, right? Yeah. Or yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to prove that people were alive that were in the film. Um, yeah, I actually. Uh, funny story. I own this soundtrack on vinyl, and I was very proud that I had this soundtrack on vinyl. And then one day, the professor messaged me. It's all my weirdness is just pouring out in this episode. <laughs> so he he got the deluxe version that I didn't even know existed on vinyl. Did you guys have a dance party? Yes. Well, so actually, no. I sent him a message saying, "You have brought great shame upon my house, uh, and that you have outdone my Cannibal Holocaust vinyl purchase." I love the score. Like even if you don't dig the movie, it's a great score. It really yeah, is. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll find myself just humming it every yeah. once in a while. It's kind of a if you played the score to me and told me it's from a film, I would never guess <laughs> if I didn't know. Yeah, it's I, like I, my, it's like my spa music to combat <laughs> to this. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, so we're starting with 
<laughs> so we start with Holocaust. Um, and R.I.P. Diodato, he just died. Yes. Yeah. So I ended up uh, randomly with a book signed by him hmm. um, through one of those package deals that I Did bought. you ever get to meet him? Nope. Todd, you met him, didn't you? I don't think so. Okay, so it was just uh, previous co-host Chad and his wife. Yeah, they met him uh, at a con, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. I figured he was more of a coastal guest. Yeah, it's got to be very rare. I don't know where, I don't remember where they met him at, but yeah, they, they met him and said he was just very friendly and he was very engaging. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's it's cool to know that, that he was a good dude. Yeah. And I, I want to point out to you as we uh, jump into talking about this one, an important uh, option that exists because of the director and his views on this movie, looking back on it. Uh, don't let some of the subject matter in this, if it's upsetting for you, deter you from watching it with animal violence because there are options on the Blu-ray that omit that if you literally can't handle it or it affects your rewatchability. So I want to point that out because as we harp on it, it's a big part of the legacy of this movie, but it also doesn't have to be the defining element in a decision for you to watch it because if you want to avoid it, you can. And I'm okay with that because the director was behind it. And I had this conversation with a friend, and we were talking about how the Blu-ray had that option, and he made the point that if it's your first watch, you really should watch it with the animal cruelty, because it is uh, a storytelling device, which we'll get to in this, in that you seeing real violence done to real animals tricks your brain into yes. believing the fake violence done sure. yes. uh, on to the, the actors, and it's... You know, when I rewatch this every five years, <laughs> I, I definitely watch it without the animal the cruelty. Uh, but that first viewing, you know, if you got to skip it, that's fine. But at the same time, it is a part of the device of how the story is told. Without question. And they, they, they're very distinct on the Blu-ray because Grindhouse released this. Um, and they point out that they don't believe in censorship, and it doesn't. It, it's the disc is able to jump. Mm-hmm. So they've got it programmed in that option where it literally just cuts the scenes out, but they didn't actually cut it out of the film. Yep. So I, that's what sold me on buying it. Yeah. Because I, I just can't. I'm very sensitive to animal stuff. I have a really tough time with this. And yeah. so having that option is nice. I don't have a problem with... I understand the realities of being a sure. carnivore. And I understand what happens to the cows and pigs and other animals that I consume. I don't agree with animal deaths for entertainment. And that's what this is. And that is what I find disturbing about it. I can, uh, from the one side of my brain, I'm not completely. <coughs> I can sit through watching an animal. Right, killed and 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 uh, field dressed, if you will. But just for the sake of of entertainment, I can't. I, I don't like it. I yeah. don't care and, for it. And there's but there's I do both. agree that it is the storytelling, and it does trick the brain. Uh, but I think there is a reason why not a lot of movies do this. Well, <clears throat> I I I agree too, but because it was done when it was done if it was done today i probably wouldn't even give the film a chance no. correct yep you're right um cuz i agree too i i'm, I'm just like um <laughs> weird that i'm going to bring this up but song of the south um if that was released today by disney that would be weird and fucked up but it was made and so i think it should be released and um same thing with this which it, i'm going to say it's what makes for me, it makes this movie hard to watch is the animal cruelty. Yes. Yeah. But also, when I watch a movie that I know is fake, um, sometimes the animal death bothers me more than when a bunch of people get yes. killed. Sure. Even though I know it's fake. Um, I'm not sure when they started passing the laws, but I'm glad they did. Um, but again, if I if I knew like a, you know, a filmmaker made a film, just a little snuff film or whatever, today, and did real stuff to animals... I would not want to be a part of that film. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, kind of a precursor to the conversations we're going to have here that I, I think what's interesting, too, is that it, it's not all on screen. There's so much off screen within the movie that ties into blending what's real and what's not in the movie and in real life as a viewer. And so some of the things you're watching in this film are actually what occurred with natives. They're going to do this to this animal. Some of it's just documented because that's their meal yes. that night. Then there's other times even in a movie we're going to discuss later, where the actor's like, I'm not killing that animal for your movie. 
mm-hmm. and them having to work around it because it's literally just for the camera. Yeah. There is no meal being harvested yeah. from that. They're literally smoking this animal on screen for the camera. Right. And so there's a big difference between the two things. Uh, but then at the same time, you start to blend what's real, what's not, and also within the movie, which we'll discuss. But an interesting element, too, with American film is animal violence has been the death to release for almost as long as films have been around. Now, there's a funny story. Um, my father made the mistake of having me watch a movie called, I think it was Trader Horn with him, which has big game hunting in it, and I was devastated. Because yeah. like I said, I've always been very sensitive not so much to animal death, but animal suffering. I hate watching anything in agony. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some distinctions there that I think are interesting at play that I want to make sure we hit on in the movie and to keep in mind ahead of time with that. Because if you didn't have that in the credits over the, over the last however many years that clarifies no animals were harmed in the making of this movie, audiences turned on you. Oh, yeah. Within the weekend. Nobody's going oh, to see it the next dog, week if they thought it. purpose... People went nuts, and 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 it's because a video was released, and that was like produced by Steven Spielberg. And come to find out, like the dog wasn't harmed. It's just like because uh, because let's be real, there are some groups too, like PETA, that sometimes actually do a little bit more harm than they should. They've outlived their usefulness. Yeah. But uh, you know, the, the the dog was not in jeopardy, but they released a video that made it look like it was. But that perfectly illustrates. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because people were would did not want to go see that film, and I I posted I'm watching it in the theater, and man, people are like, "You're a bastard!" <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but you die. I, yeah, I just like that distinction. I want to point out that this would have this is because it's Italian, and that's where so much of the pull is in this little subgenre because this wasn't happening here. No, and it, it wouldn't have for the previous like forty years even then. Uh, this had to happen in other parts of the world. That's why it's so dangerous, yeah. and why when it hit Forty Second Street, these movies got a whole new life there. Which, which I would say, opens the gate to another genre of film is banned in, because I think that people think it's because of all the stuff, but usually it was because of animal cruelty, because mm. the faces of death and like banned in America and uh, was it Mondo Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people thought the deaths in those were real. A lot of that, the deaths were faked. That's a good point. They're perfectly the, the, the same thing. The animal cruelty, a lot of it was real. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because they'd show you like a group sitting around a table knocking open a monkey's head. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember then, that. Then you'd have fake stuff after it. That's an interesting uh, kind of root to this because these movies come from the Mondo movies yeah. and kind of the blending of the two things. Mm-hmm. And I think the director pulled from this from a real life event where he was convinced the news was faking and staging violence to add into the real story for their own benefit Mm -hmm. and that's where this was born this specific angle of this movie where we don't know what we're watching if it's real if the filmmakers did it some of the stuff if they actually did it not the natives anyways let's jump straight into the the point of the movie yeah uh, anybody want to drop this plot I mean, if you, want, if you want to do this plot, which is also the rocks. plot of the next five sure. movies, so hundred <laughs> percent. So basically, uh, we start as we often do with these in a very distinct uh, metro area. So in here, we've got um, Harold, uh, NYU anthropologist, and he is basically leading a rescue team into the Amazon uh, rainforest to locate a film crew that's been missing uh, in the process. And these uh, these are trigger words. There's found footage. Ah, <laughs> found footage. Weeping. Uh, which is also another important element of this movie. They say this is one of the first found I, footage I, movies. I view this as that. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, gotcha. yeah, it's basically... Uh, you from, Wait, you picked a found footage movie? <laughs> from there. Um, is the structure for the movie is basically getting this footage back. Uh, so we have TV executives reviewing the footage for potential airing um, to add in... You know, because this is basically where the crew came from. They were out getting footage, um, and so then it's it's a matter of you as the audience are basically sitting like the executives and watching with them. Mm-hmm. You're you're watching the footage, uh, which plays out, um, and so we deal with our original crew getting down there, and and the the discovery of. You see that they're doing some of this stuff. They immediately round up um, some of the the members of the tribe into a hut and catch it on fire. 
and, oh, and, yeah. and there and and then you quickly realize like oh we're we're looking at some different things here this isn't just documenting the truth yeah this is forming a narrative well and the way they the way they make the film is clever in that they tell the story of recovering the footage first right then you get to see what they found on that footage. Yeah, so it's like this. There's even a, a more of a danger element to it. Yes. It's like, okay, we've got it back. Now let's take a look at it yeah. together. So it's like a straightforward movie. Then it's a found footage movie. Yeah, and so there, at this point, the the approach to it is much, um, much more cinematic than most of the movies you'll get in this uh, subgenre of film. Um, they're trying to say something and. But it follows a very common layout from here, which is visitors are actually the devil. (laughs) They're coming in and screwing with these people, and they're going to get theirs for it. And I mean, that's literally the the basic premise of the plot from there. But it's it's done in a very, um, it just feels very dangerous way with the with the footage and and at this point we start to incorporate um, some pretty intense um, animal violence. And then human violence. I mean, I guess we can kind of just hit the beats on on some of the visceral stuff you see in there. Yeah. But I can remember that I, you showed me this for the first time, at, at Grizz, over at your place. And I not only questioned our friendship at that point, <laughs> uh, but I think I was probably silent for like a half hour afterwards. Because, like I said, man, some of that stuff, I just... you. I think you warned me, but I wasn't ready for it. Well, we well, thought he was going to show his dick, but he instead showed you animal cruelty. Yes. <laughs> at that point, I would have rather seen Grizz's dick. Well, you... You you get the hits with this one. You get uh, rape, yep. gang rape, raped with a rock dildo, uh, animal cruelty, animal and, rape, and oh, wieners cut off. Yeah, and we're we're shaming the rape, not the the type of dildo. So there's no shame. <laughs> yeah. It's a very popular model for many yes. years. Um, yeah, so when I track this down, so, you know, obviously as I got deeper into horror films, like, this was at the top of all the lists. This know? thing is legend. Like, yeah. before, when I was in high school, I remember hearing people talk about Cannibal Holocaust, and it had a reputation like Faces of Death. Yeah, and I remember finding it for rent at Hastings. Hastings had a copy, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's actually here. And that's where I got it and watched it. And then made a copy and showed it to everybody. <laughs> you mean you bought a copy? Yeah, correct. <laughs> Statute of limitations. So I have a question that I never really thought about until this viewing. Because this isn't a movie I watch often. Yeah. Um, Will we cut your wiener off? Yes. Uh, <laughs> tie me up, boys. No, so it dawned on me. So they the, the crew basically runs through this young girl. They rape her. Mm-hmm. Then she's impaled. Did they do that? Hmm. Or did the tribe do it because she was no longer a virgin? That's a good question. Because we've just watched them torch people to death to get footage. So did they do that and prop her up there like that? And I think like I feel like her? they did. And I never what, thought about that till this viewing. Where it yeah, hit me, I, was I like, feel like they set that up. Okay, that, so I'm not crazy for that because I never thought about it before. Never I have, always no. thought of it as the tribe punishing her. How many right? times have you guys seen this movie? This this is probably my and I so I bought this. I think I have a DVD copy, and it's like two, two disc. It's the first time I ever watched it in its entirety. Okay. Third viewing for me. This is third or fourth. Second for me. And okay. I've owned this for a long time, obviously, because it's on DVD. <laughs> I wouldn't have watched it again had we not done it for the show. Yeah. I, What's your DVD cover art look like? Um, I think it's like maybe like maybe blue underground. It's got like a like a film lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one that Hastings has. Yeah. So it's, it's like it's, a fish island. It's, yeah, it's pretty old, and yeah, I, I mainly have it's, it too scummier. for the yeah. all the extra stuff. Um, and then I don't own any of the other like I don't own Ferox and stuff. I own this, and I used to own because uh, everything copied. So there was like Zombie Holocaust, which is also named Fifty Other Movies. Um, has nothing to do with this, but so I feel like there's like fifty thousand either cannibal movies with the similar title or Holocaust movies with the similar title. So I mean, to that point, and also talking about just everything here, uh, what makes this film work, and I use that term loosely, but what makes this film have staying power is how well the director shows the irony. They yeah. open in New York City, and they're talking about how grand man's achievement is because of New York City. 
and then we have got these lowly weirdos in the jungle. But really, it's the the civilized people from New York City who go and or the jungle of New York City. Right, exactly. The concrete jungle who go to the jungle which they call the Green Inferno in this. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and they go down and and they're the savages in this savage I, I I think that's I think that's a good point too is that because uh, some of these are hard to watch too because one I feel like also similar in every movie is you have natives and then they're all painted white and then all doing really despicable bad stuff to mostly white people and their own women etc so where this one it's mostly the white people doing all the bad stuff that's just these people are just trying to, you know, be left alone. Um, I think that makes this one a little easier to watch than some of the other ones. Oh, without question. I'll defend this movie. Yeah. In terms of it having some worth to it. And that's the setup there for, for almost all of them that follow this, is that someone is going to the Amazon or the Philippines to find something. Once they get there, you are afraid of the natives, but then by the end you find out that it is the white people who have gone there that are the problem. Right. It, my A friend of mine, 20 years ago, when he was going to Ball State University, went to the Netherlands to study. And uh, he was talking about how opinions of Americans abroad are, and that there were people who were college age who would just walk into a local's house like they were at Connor Prairie or, you know, oh, wow. they they didn't understand that they were in a place where human beings lived a normal life that, that happens outside of where you live and instead thought they were like at a fucking theme <laughs> thing. Yeah, just yeah, nuts. Reenactment. Yeah, yeah. Like they go into the Battle of 1812 or something. Yeah. Just a st- but that... That's what that puts me in the mind of of Americans going abroad and and acting like the things that are there are just props, scenes and props for their lives. Yeah, yeah, and not fully human or real. Yeah, yeah. So usually the the, the payoff in, in the third act of these things is just the comeuppance. Yeah, the the final act of a you know violence, retribution, and often the the like the ultimate gore for the movie. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's really kind of cookie cutter for the movies that they did yeah. with this over and over again. So we're not going to spend a ton of time yeah, on each movie. We like will this, not be but... talking at length like this for every film. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like the with the point at the end who who are the real savages? Yeah, which we were leading up to. I know. Um, so the first time I watched this film, so I uh, we joke about all the time about me being a hillbilly on the show, and you know I've killed we're and not joking. <laughs> yeah, it's not a joke. The best of hillbilly. I've killed and gutted a lot of critters, but when I watched this film for the first time, and I watched what happens when you when you cut the shell open on a tortoise. Oh yeah, dude! I almost puked on you like lardass and stand by me when we watched that together. I was like, "What the hell's he got me watching right now?" Why did cartoons have me believe that turtles were like green puppies that lived in a shell? I don't know. That shell is their body. That is their skin. Yeah. I, I, whew, yeah. Still don't like it. Still don't like that it. is very rough. But yeah, I do you, like turtle soup though. And do you know why? Because I think that could have been done a different way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. just feel like that could have gone a different way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so one thing when we talk about the animal deaths here is that when we get the um, right after the turtle death is then when we have the amputation and cauterization of the guy whose arm gets messed up. Yes. And so, I mean, that's this this time around. I really paid attention to how close they paired human violence to animal violence, and this was it. Like death of the turtle, most unsettling animal death for me on yeah. scene. Then we go to an amputation and cauterization, and it makes it more believable. Yes, because of what you. Yeah, because you're coming out of post shock. Yeah, you're still in shock from yeah. the turtle's jelly guts, right? Like, you're like yeah, oh, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. So the first time I watched this was only a couple of years ago, and if you got your bingo card out, I saw Joe Bob Briggs <laughs> present this on Shutter. Which, for me, I'm glad I watched it that way because it's what the host was created to do with these when they came to TV, horror movies in general. It was to relieve the tension. 
and so you get those breaks and and you get and then go back get a little bit of factoids this that a little lighthearted and then go back into the movie that made it easier for me uh so this is the second time i watched it. i told you guys this off air but my wife and i typically have completely different tastes and things we watch things in different rooms uh sometimes she complains about being alone all the time out in the living room blah 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 and i asked me what i was going to watch i said well i gotta watch Cannibal Holocaust Which for the podcast. right off the tongue. And she says, are you going to watch it in the living room? And I said, I don't think you want to see this. She says, I don't care. And I said, okay. So we watched it. And she watched the whole thing. And uh, her her comment at the end was that it had zero redeeming qualities. <laughs> and I frankly have a hard time arguing with her on that. Well, especially for somebody who's not horror-obsessed. Like, for a casual right. viewer, this does have zero redeeming qualities. Yes. For people who want... To dig deeper into the roots of what scares you, some of the filmmaking to come. There's a lot of interesting elements to it, but I got no argument. There. I'm glad it's, that I'm glad that relentless. I've seen it, just because of the lore that is around it. It's the same way I felt the first time I finally watched Jaws, after being and The Exorcist, being told my whole life how how terrifying this movie is and this and that, and so. You build this thing up, you build this thing up, and then you go watch it. So I'm glad that I watched it for that reason. But for me and my personal tastes in movies, I believe this will probably... I can't imagine the situation where I watch this again. I, now, see, I will say for this one, I find it entertaining. The The rape stuff, obviously, is disgusting. Um, but having the option to bypass the animal stuff now that I've seen it and I can just watch it without that, it's, it's still an engrossing movie. The score is good. It's, it's interesting to me. But I totally understand people either not enjoying it or not wanting to watch it again. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I totally get... There, this is one of those movies where any angle somebody comes at from it, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would never try and change somebody's mind one way or the other on it. Um, before we move on, though, I want to talk about the the real-life implications for the director mm-hmm. and, and what happened with this and also specifically uh, the special effects with the village girl because um, we really didn't elaborate on that. It's one of the more impressive things you will ever see on camera in a horror movie. Like, it is jaw-dropping. It's what's on the cover of the Grindhouse release and uh, the bedspread that Todd just showed us, um, <laughs> where the girl that they have all uh, attacked that we alluded to earlier and talked about is is impaled. And basically, the way they did it, if I'm remembering correctly, is she's sitting on the... Bicycle seat. Yeah. They put like a bicycle seat on something. And so she's propped on that and you can't tell. And then she's got her head tilted up and it, and it's like an, ex, an extension of the same post coming out of the throat. Mm-hmm. And it looks real. Oh, it looks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so for, for people who really want to check the boxes for horror, it's it's worth the price of admission at least once. I mean, yeah. it's, it's insane. And it also convinced authorities that they really killed a human being. Um, and also now I had, didn't look this up recently, so I may be remembering wrong or it was bullshit, but I was always under the impression that he had waivers for the actors hmm. to remit, not do publicity okay? because uh, it's a found footage movie and they were going to have Joe them. Bob Briggs said the same thing that it was a year. They were not yeah. supposed to make a public appearance right. after the movie. Okay. So released. that's legit then. That was always part of the lore for me was that the actors are not supposed to be seen because we're selling it as real. Yeah. And that bit him in the ass and ended up in legal trouble because it looked like these actors had been killed as well as on screen. It looked like people had really been murdered in this movie, which only added to the, the lore that swims around this movie. Because you can imagine at the time, regionally, what that would have done. There are it's, really good effects in this movie. Yeah. It's not like the actors from Blair Witch showing up on E-Hollywood News. Yeah, like, the night of seeing it. It's yeah. like, what is this shit? <laughs> Yeah, and that's again. I'm not again, like you said. When when people have any sort of opinion on this, you get it right. And so it's like, I'm never going to like have a firm opinion that everyone needs to see this film. But it does have chops as far as something that's extreme in the horror genre. It tells a story well. Like you're you're actually happy when the American film crew gets killed. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so. And it tells the story of uh, the like we were talking about the balance between civilized and uncivilized, um, and then the effects are good. Mm-hmm. So it's like ugh. there's a lot of stuff you'd never need to see again, but it's not uh, just a just a janky 
this is actual filmmaking. Yeah, this exactly. It's not grindhouse for grindhouse sake. It's not uh, scumbag selling weird stuff on a table that he made at a con. Like, no, this is this is actual filmmaking. Yep. I was trying to look to. Uh, I've never seen it before, but I stumbled on it earlier today. It was uh, an alternate poster where because they they usually have the women. Uh, a lot of the ones I see for this one is the uh, the woman with the pole sticking out. Mm-hmm. There's actually one, and maybe it's for uh, the Ferox one. But either way, it's it's instead of the woman, it's the man, and it censored over where his junk's being cut off. Oh! But I thought, what a weird poster! And obviously, that stuff didn't really sell in America because I've never seen that poster before. Uh, but usually, it's you know women in in harm's way. So yeah, I just yeah. Thought, what a weird poster because I've never seen that one before. Yeah. That's true. Interesting. Um, the last, just last thoughts. It was interesting in the way that the the guy who goes to retrieve the films gets it. Like he goes and he he like kind of ingratiates himself with this tribe. There's a hill tribe and a jungle tribe, um, or swamp people and tree people, and you know they finally come to trust him. They show him where the dead crew is. The film canisters are mixed in. He eats like weird, like animal or human guts. I think he eats human guts mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how he gets it, uh, to bring it back. So, I mean, it's for all of its weirdo stuff that I wouldn't recommend to 90% of the human population. <laughs> it, it, it's well-made. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think too, this movie does not rely on any type of suspense or plot. So we are not spoiling spoiling anything. So basically if we've interested you with the conversation, I feel like we we've basically fully informed who needs to watch this and who doesn't because you, there's nothing this, ruined. This movie is like a National Geographic uh, documentary. It's not like a movie other than the maybe the scenes in New York, but yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, I can talk you into it or talk you out of it. <laughs> right, for sure. <laughs> All right, should we move along to the next cannibal? Sure. Film. Uh, I, I would go along with the Ferox. Cannibal Ferox. What date is on that? That's you know? the following year, following 80, year. in nineteen eighty-one, and it's the other director we talked about. Okay, Lindsay so, Umberto Lindsay. Um, when I first watched this, a uh, friend of the show, Buff Tetro, who is a, a local horror movie aficionado um, I had messaged him and I said man I just watched Cannibal Ferox and the first time it would have been like 08, 09 <coughs> and I said man it's just a poor man's cannibal holocaust and he replied cannibal holocaust is a poor man's cannibal holocaust <laughs> 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 just kind of getting the <laughs> the repetitive of all of it you know what I mean right. and, because cannibal holocaust wasn't technically the first it's just the most popular right and so and that's an important preface to to the conversation moving forward with anything jungle cannibal related which is that cannibal holocaust is lightning in a bottle yeah it's not a like big time funded movie with top shelf talent so the fact that they made something that sticks cool but then when you start ripping that off you get some pretty inferior sleazy shit yeah absolutely and that's where that all starts and and that's funny thing Cannibal Holocaust is a ripoff of Jungle Holocaust, which was the same director's film before this. Yep. Not a ripoff, but you know what I'm saying. Building same vein, yeah. yeah. Um, Cannibal Ferox, it's it's the same setup, just like we were talking about. But the the premise for this one is that this grad student has to go to the Amazon because she is going to prove that cannibalism is a, a stereotype made up by white people to to demonize the the folks living in the jungle. And so she, by God, in her white savior complex... Is yeah, I was going to say, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's... It, I think the reason this one still sticks around is because we see these sort of tropes generation by generation. So while not on the same level as Cannibal Holocaust tells a decent enough story that gives it staying power as well. Um, and she goes, she's going to go down there, prove that these people aren't cannibals, etc., etc. Find out. You know what? They find a couple cokeheads living in the Turns jungle. out it was Bluto. Turns out it was Bluto. <laughs> it was the white people who were the problem. And there's cannibalism. So there's the basic setup. Yeah, and, and with this one, um, I, I think a lot of the things that, that just barely clicked into place with Holocaust are not present here. Um, I, I think it's, it's mean-spirited um, and sleazy without purpose. I do think that they're... There's still some interesting elements to it, but I'm just going to 
sum the whole topic up real quick from my viewpoint on this, these two movies are enough. You can see the closest thing there is to a good offering in Cannibal Holocaust, and then you can see imitation of it. There's way the, too much animal cruelty in this one. It, it absolutely laid me so out. we forgot to point that out, that that is also a trope that is going to show up yes. again and again in these cannibals. And I believe I saw, I think it was Joe Bob that said, this was encouraged because foreign audiences, I believe, I don't know, I don't remember the exact countries, I believe an Asian, the Asian market, that they went gaga for that. And so it was added in to do well better globally. Interesting. But well, it, there's you like what you like. But there's way too much of it in this movie. Way well, too much of it. It's like, a huge portion of the movie. And a lot of it is and it's a lot of it's not people doing violence on animals. It's animal on animal violence, which look, I grew up on public WIPB and and nature shows where they they just let it ride and they let you see it. Sure. And I I think that I think we should still do that because nature's nature and it is what it is. But it's not being presented through that lens. Marty Stauffer's not there uh, right. softening it for you or educating you with it. It's there strictly for shock value. Yeah, it's like check out how gnarly this is. Yep. So it's like, what is that thing that the the snake gets around? Is it a muskrat? Yeah. How long does that go on for? Way too long. Sitting there like the five minutes in, I'm just kind of silently yeah. weeping at that point. It's like, yeah. Get back to the goddamn movie. Yeah. Um, Todd, did you want to say anything about this one before I... I, was, I just puked in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they find these cokeheads in the jungle, and they say, oh, we were down here with our buddy, and these cannibals killed him, and that, but their story has these inconsistencies. Like, they ate his butt. <laughs> <laughs> that was what it released in South America. Yeah, that was the they ate his butt. <laughs> um, but then you come to find out that these guys were desperate because they owed money in New York City. They left New York City to come down here to steal rare gems from the tribe down there and then they surprise surprise were the dickheads killing tribes people yeah yeah and so that's ultimately what brings upon this wrath to the crew who went down there trying to prove that there was no cannibalism and actually that crew doesn't turn out to be entirely terrible it's the cokeheads that they're with that kind yeah. of cajole them into doing bad things yeah you know they're the people that the reasons always go dark late in the night <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. hey you're hanging out late and there's a guy who's just way too excited to still be awake at 4 a.m just go home yep it is time to exit um there's really not a whole lot interesting uh in in the way of the narrative for this it's beat for beat kind of the same thing you get over and over again we just keep upping the gore the violence and the sleaziness until we reach the inevitable, which is the comeuppance of the intruders, yeah. the visitors. Uh, but I will say, some pretty notable gore and violence with them, and I think that's this movie's calling card. Um, as re- like, there's not as much purpose or filmmaking to it, but I think there's some pretty intense, gross-out stuff that they they set out to accomplish with violence against humans mm-hmm. towards um, basically the last act of this movie. Yeah, would you guys agree on that? Some, yes, some pretty memorable stuff there. Yeah. And the only it's about other, the only kindness I'll pay it. Same. I was going to say the only, in the only time I thought that the film achieved any sort of human emotion is when the girls are realizing they're they're going to die, and they're they're singing Red River Valley. Mm-hmm. They're trying to comfort each other. The one girl is praying for the other girl's death as she's being tortured. It's like oh, there's. A, it's there's like a, why wasn't there more of this and not twenty minutes of a snake eating something? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so that it does achieve something in acting in direction there, but it's yeah. wasted at this point. It's a much tougher watch. Yeah. Um, some some notable gore, though, was uh, they get the one guy with his head above the top of the table and hack it. Uh, it looks pretty pretty gnarly. That, that, was a good, that was a good scene. And he was a douchebag, so like it was like, yeah. yes. Yeah. This, this one also, the Blu-ray has a feature-length documentary on the the whole subgenre mm. and, the, and those movies, so otherwise it's not worth owning. Because this is not a movie I wanted to watch again, but I thought, what the hell, for this, I'll revisit it, because it's tough. Someone gave me this, and so I'm debating on whether it's going to get sold or not. Yeah, I only keep it for that documentary, because <laughs> yeah. it's not really something. I didn't know it was on there. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I always think of the hooks in that oh, one's breast. Yep, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it there. But it is, it's, it's, very, it's sold very believably. And then it's just very interesting that 
the grad student who's going down here to prove there's no cannibalism then sees cannibalism and goes back and finishes, or she survives, goes back and finishes her paper and sticks to her story. Yeah. Don't let the truth get in the way. Yeah. And that's, and I think that is some of the cultural relevance that has a reason why it has staying power. Yeah. And it also goes back to that media narrative as well. Yeah. And kind of, uh, screwing with the truth for your ratings to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. Any more on cannibal ferox? Now let's go on. <laughs> All right. I'd say if there's any other for, for jungle ones, if, if anybody wants to hit on them. I'd just so I started watching Slave of the Cannibal God. I watched that as well. But I fell asleep. But also it started and I was like, oh, we're similar territory, but at least more of a movie. You also got some notable names in that. Is yeah. this Mountain of the Cannibal God? Yes. Yeah. Same thing. Okay, okay that's what God. I watched it, uh, the title I watched it under. Uh, so this one's uh, Ursula Andrews, Andrus, mm-hmm. Andrus. And Stacy Keach. Yeah. Which I think I forget, and I think a lot of people forget, how everywhere Stacy Keach was at one time. Because he was he also. He was like Hammer on TV. And, and he was also. He was originally supposed to be the priest in Exorcist, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. And, and he, he also played Martin Luther in an early biopic about Martin Luther. Hmm. He was Martin Luther King? Which was no, the, the, uh, before MLK, uh, there was a different Martin Luther. Uh, prequel to his role in American History X. <laughs> yeah. Forget so, that. I watched this one last I'm night. I'm the prequel part. Uh, it's not as sleazy as Ferox is. Right. There's more of a narrative. There's more of a story. Goddamn snakes. That's one thing I hate about these fucking movies <laughs> is all time. the goddamn snakes. Uh, although, there is a scene, I don't know if you guys see this movie, where a dude karate chops a snake <laughs> off of somebody, and it might be my favorite thing that ever happened in a movie. <laughs> karate chops it, and you watch it drop to the ground after he karate chops Oh, so good. Dude, if I went in on one of these expeditions with you guys, I would be dead and swallowed within the first five minutes, because I'd see it and drop. They The cannibals in this have these weird skin-type masks that they wear. That are pretty fucking scary. I think that's the main memorable thing from this film. More memorable than the guy fucking the hog? <laughs> I oh, not. here we go with the shaming again. <laughs> I choose not to remember that. She, that, has, she has a name. <laughs> that caught me off guard, son. <laughs> like, I'm used to an awful lot with these cannibal movies. I was not expecting to see a native fucking a pig. Yeah. Get yeah. the... That's so why I put the sheep's back legs inside your boots. <laughs> <laughs> so that, as far as that movie goes, that's all I have. That's all I got to say about that. Right. I didn't get to a rewatch on that one. I've only seen it once years years back. I kind of, I'll be honest too. Interestingly enough, with this, I kind of checked the boxes on these, but I spread them out because they're so taxing. Yeah. And so even watching two within the same week, I watched uh, three of the jungle ones, and uh, man, by the end of the third one. I felt like I'd fallen down the stairs. Oh man, yeah i i I watched this for the first time like two months ago, and I just put it on as like background noise to rewatch it for it's the like, show. It's uh, like Ken Burns, or <laughs> yeah. and uh, oof, yeah, rough. Um, and then again, all the same tropes. Just the main setup for this one is that Ursula Andress is looking for her husband who has gone missing in the Amazon, and that's what takes them down there. Yeah. Well, if we're are we leaving the jungle? Well, hold on. Oh, I was going to just throw out. Did, did you watch any other ones? I did. Okay. Okay. What you got? I watched the Green Inferno. Okay. Ooh, okay. And this is the first time I've ever seen it. Oh. Um, well, I had that on my list, but I guess I consider it new, so I didn't think about it. Either or. But yeah, I, it, fits, I it totally fits in. Yeah. Uh, so watching it with the other ones, <laughs> this feels like the American Horror Story version of a cannibal movie. Like it, it's. Bits of everything mm-hmm. thrown into one thing. It felt very uninspired to me and mm-hmm. very uh, recycled. Um, there's not a single likable character in the movie, so that makes it hard to watch the movie and give a, a flying shit at all. Uh, there's farts and poop. <laughs> Gag with the girl shitting in the cage. Like, wh- why? Why? Uh, there's the part where <laughs> life's messy, Benny. They yeah. stuff like the fucking quarter of weed that they've got <laughs> inside of their dead friend, 
and the natives burn it, and the entire village of natives are now high and apparently blind so that they can escape. Keep keep this man away from parties. Uh, No fun here. Let's see. Uh, The CG ants are real bad in the one scene, like almost uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull bad. I haven't watched this, I think, since we covered it on the podcast in the past, but I remember at least liking to enjoying to be able to have the elements of kind of the dangerous story mm-hmm. without a lot of the exploitive sleaze. There's and I do agree with that. That's I do agree with I that. Remember. And I think that if you're a person who is new to the genre, uh maybe this is you're a younger person, maybe this is the movie for you for for the genre because you're right, none of that really nasty sleaze is here for it and it is more just kind of shocky diarrhea <laughs> and and decapitations type of stuff. Right. Th- Todd or Wilson or Professor would know probably better. Um, but so this is actually an homage film, like Eli Roth. I I get that. Set out to do that on purpose, and I think at the in the credits he even like lists all of the cannibal movies yep. he borrowed from. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's in there. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Nobody. Uh, in the in the in, at least in the mainstream, as a talking head, knows more about Italian horror than that guy. Yeah, I mean, he knows the bit players and all those movies. He's obsessed. And I get it if you think he's a hack and he's and he kind of rips stuff off. But at the same time, like he's a he's he's a horror nerd. Yeah, but I yeah, and, I, and I respect point. that. But at the same time, I feel like and I don't mean to disparage him as a, a creator, but in my in my opinion, those quote homage movies, homage is. That's a nice way to wrap up your I don't have any original ideas, so I'm going to take the best of everybody else's, wrap it into something, and put it out. Now, that's not to say from a technical aspect, it wasn't a a coherent movie with a narrative and shot well and cast well and all that kind of thing, and not to take it because there is the art to that as well. But on the writing end of it, I think it's kind of lazy. And and it's easy to be lazy and then say, oh, it was an homage. I am glad it exists, though, because I think it's a more digestible version of it for people. I agree. And I like the idea of like a seventeen-year-old watching that and going, "This is pretty cool," and then going, "But I want to go up." And I think that's the way. And I think that's the way to do it. And maybe that was his intention as well. Yeah. That this could be a, a gateway thing. Sure. And I and probably would have felt different myself had I watched this before I watched the other ones. Gotcha. So and if I had watched it in reverse, I probably would have had a different opinion of it. But anyway, I just thought it was worth mentioning because I watched it. The flip side of that is that now, having watched a lot of, a fair amount of some of these films, I have more fun with that movie. Okay. The first time I watched it, I wasn't crazy about it for a lot of the same reasons you just mentioned, but now that I've suffered through a handful of these films, this is like a, this is like my fun, all, uh, Cliff's Notes. All inclusive resort. Yeah, yeah. I no, and I could, it. and I would a hundred percent rather pop this in on a rewatch than yeah. any of the other. This is the second half of Layla when you're yeah. close to the grocery. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, you're, I can agree with that. All your points are valid, but for me now, this is like a, this is like a Naked Gun version of. I can <laughs> agree with that. Cannibal movies. Yeah. Um, Seems like everywhere. <laughs> Any more jungle? I just want to mention Jungle Holocaust. That's all I was going to bring I, up to. Uh, I, I threw that on. Uh, just, I really wanted to compare side by side since we're on the topic. It's not something you normally do. Well, some people do. More power to you. But I wanted to kind of watch it relatively close to Cannibal Holocaust to see how he evolved with it. Mm-hmm. And so there's some of those elements, but it's it. He doesn't have things to say like he does in yeah, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. But you can see glimpses of elevated filmmaking compared to his peers. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like a huge super fan of his by any stretch, yeah. but it's it's there, and you can tell. It also has um, a what-the-fuck moment with the live crocodile where I wanted to fucking violently vomit all over the wall. I mean, they are stabbing this thing in the head while it's flailing for their meal. <laughs> Um, it's un, it's just I couldn't believe it to the point where I was like, you know, uh, spoiler alert! If you haven't watched, why you haven't watched Godfather two? Have you, guys? I've, I can't say it. Then. Guys, I've watched ten seasons of Swamp People, and I still cringed when he said they were stabbing at Dalek. I'll just say this without re- referencing anything else. I just eventually just put my chin on my chest till it was done. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, I like I this is insane. I like I had a, the visual out of Carmine and just put it on mute because it was so excruciating. 
I mean, it's horrible. And I get it. Like, when you, and, and even to rewind back on Verox, that's where the big controversy was with the main actor. Yeah. Because he would not stab that animal mm. down in the little pit they're in. Yeah. And so that's a, a double doing oh, that. Oh, okay. Because he wouldn't do it. He's like, this isn't for anything but the movie. Yeah. I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, and he still talks about it in interviews, and they clashed on that. But Jungle Holocaust is, is not... A good movie. It's yeah, it's inferior. A, and it's it's shot in the Philippines. I think it's supposed to take place in the Philippines yeah. or, or, or Southeast Asia. Yep. Um, the only the only thing I remember about this movie. So the only thing that you guys missed besides the crocodile <coughs> kill is that. So again, all the same setup. These guys are oil people, and they heard there's oil on the side. There's one scene I got to mention. I bet you're leading that. Probably it. And the the one guy who you think is the lone survivor, which was clever storytelling, mm-hmm. when they they took, see his psychosis, and then they find the other survivor, the crocodile survived. <laughs> it's like Happy yeah, Gilmore, happy ending, um, <laughs> unhappy ending. Uh, so the guy is being kept in like this pit, and kids are coming <laughs> like throwing shit real at insult him. to injury. Yeah, they're throwing shit at him, etc. And. And he's just, he's so thirsty, and he just wants someone to bring him water. And there's a, a tribeswoman who is clearly not one of the tribeswomen. She's an actress. Uh, I'm not saying anything about how she looks superior to the other people there, but she's she's an attractive one. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I just, I want water, I'm dying, you know, this, that, or the other. And instead of bringing him water, she gives him a hand job while he cries. Dude, been there. Okay. Been there. I was going to say, and also all of the kids uh, pissing. Yeah, the kids pissing on him. Just talk about a rough day. It's just not a good time. Like, these little fuckers got me trapped down here, and now they're peeing on me. Sounds like an Arcali party. (laughs) Yeah. But yes, there's Jungle Holocaust. That wraps up all my input on that. All All right. Leap in the jungle. Uh, So I'm curious if this didn't kick off a lot of the cannibal movies. Uh, but the the story of the, um, I'm gonna butcher what they are, but the the your great Gravian rugby team. So I have an interesting tie-in for this also. Or so they uh, where they crashed in the Andes, uh, October thirteenth, nineteen seventy-two. So there's the movie Survive, which I didn't know was a movie till Screen Not Factory. As uh, but then Alive is the film I was familiar with that came uh, out yes, in the 90s. The famous one. Yeah. That's what I was going to open up with. My first real understanding of cannibalism was that. Now, Silence of the Lambs existed, and there was all the chatter about that. But, you know, this was a dangerous rental that a lot of kids like me were able to actually get their hands on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the box, and it's like, okay, this is an inspiring story about survival. But the draw that all the kids were talking about was, there's cannibalism in it. They had to eat each other. So I had to see it. And I can, I can remember it being an early lesson in improper building up of, of myth around the story. Because it's in there, but yeah. it's very brief and it's very respectful. Yeah. Um, but that was one of my earliest understandings of that and the and the the danger of it in film. I feel like, too, after this, after Alive, everybody would discuss, like, now if something happens, I want you to eat me. Yeah. Which I actually <laughs> threw this on two nights ago. Just because of the topics, I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. It's a really good. Movie. Also, yeah. that the the plane crash in Alive, man, it's that intense. that's brutal. Yeah. It's done really well. Yeah, I have seen that. I, I I just for some reason I thought I hadn't seen it, but the when moment you mentioned the plane crash, I was like, Ethan oh, Hawke is in this. Yeah, and... I was gonna say you start recognizing people. Josh Lucas is in there. Oh, Ethan wow. Hawke, the dude in Superbad when they're all coked out, making him sing these <laughs> eyes that he's doing this. That guy's in there many years before. <laughs> I. I always thought it was weird, though, that the tone totally shifted with the sequel Staying Alive with John Travolta. <laughs> I'm out of here. Is that the one, or is it a different one, where they use, like, sharp ice to cut someone, to cut meat off the Well, Well, because they, they're basically eating the skin off the dead passengers, yeah, so they're, yeah, they're yeah. friends. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, okay, so yeah. that's it, right? Yeah, so, so if I send you out for beef jerky, I will usually say the alive beef jerky, not the, not the Slim Jims. <laughs> well, you know... In, in various other cultures where they've practiced cannibalism without talking about it, they refer to humans as long pig. <laughs> yeah. I feel so... <sighs> All right. Well, So if I call you long pig, you know what time I'm about to do to you. <laughs> also, uh, not not really known for can- cannibalism, but uh, Rocky Horror, you know, served up some meatloaf. That's true. Uh, to the party guests. Uh, so there was that scene. Uh, Texas Chainsaw, like the whole franchise. Of course, yes. Uh... Ravenous. 
Ravenous is really good. Which was based on a true story, correct? Mm-hmm. I need to revisit that one. I remember watching it, and it was just a little too bonkers for me. It is. When I watched <laughs> it's it. out there, but it's like once you have a grasp on it, it's, it's a really good movie. It's not the the crux of the movie, uh, but there is some of this in the movie In the Heart of the Sea with Tom Holland and uh, Chris Hemsworth. Which is a true story. Do they eat each other? Of a whaling accident. Oh, and it's what the, the Essex. It's yes, it's what uh, yes, yeah. that's the story yeah, yeah, yeah. that Moby Dick was based off of. I don't know of. any of this. Oh yeah, the that's, story or this movie? Isn't this uh, the, they just did a series on it on last podcast? Haven't listened to it. Oh yeah, I'm Ooh. intrigued. Yeah, what's I, the name of it again? Uh, In the Heart of the Sea. Yeah, Ron Howard directed, and I had never seen. It. I I I kind of like the Moby Dick story. Uh, but so yeah. when I heard it was yeah, based girl. on that, I watched it and <laughs> oof, it, they were, I forget how many, how long they were lost at sea after a, a whale destroys their whaling boat. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's terrifying. Like there's stories, I think even, cause I read more into, I can't remember if it's in the movie, but I read more into it of, uh, orcas and shit. Fuck them with their raft at night, like yeah. toying with them, like terrifying. And there were certain islands they were too scared to go to because they thought either the islanders were uh, cannibals or gay. Mm. They're like, we can't go to that island, bro. <laughs> yeah. And then they eat each other. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I recommend that one. That one was good. But like I say, it's not watch, the sole yeah. crux of it, but it's it's there and it's good. So besides long pig, that's another term for cannibalism is, uh, you know, the, the code of the sea. And that if you're in a dire situation... The coded sea dictates that you can eat each other. You go down on each other? <laughs> that too. I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, the hills have eyes. Absolutely. <clears throat> Which yeah. was also, I think, loosely based off a true story. Sonny Bean, very loosely based on, yeah. Hmm. That's a, I think it's an Australian story about a fucked up family. Or New Zealand, one of the two. Sonny Bean, look that one up, kids. Wrong turn. No. Oh, yeah. Speaking of hillbillies, eating your butt. <laughs> uh, Bone Tomahawk. Ooh. Yeah, I had that on my list. That's a good one. Yeah, another good one. Wild Tribe. Yeah, And and a more uh, modern revisit to making it scary, as opposed to... Because this is... Um, it's not a, a topic that's... I'm trying to not do that. I'm trying to avoid puns with this. Like it, Audiences don't enjoy this just casually. The topic of cannibalism is pretty... Pretty foul, yeah, um, and upsetting to a lot of people. So for mass audiences and and you know with with horror narratives, it's it they kind of sneak it in on on some instances. But Bone Tomahawk was one of those ones where it's like this is intense, um, and and Bones and All um, also a recent one. I have that on my list, even though, especially if Chuck is listening, that they are called eaters in the book because technically they're not cannibals, but. They gotcha. don't eat people, hmm. but it's but it's playing on that danger. Uh, they do eat people, though. Yeah, it's just, and that was also filmed uh, a couple spots real close around Richmond. I mean, they which filmed, is fascinating. They film in the the Randolph, the Winchester Sanitarium. They film in oh. Liberty. Yeah, the I Liberty love. Courthouse is in it. Interesting. They film. Uh, I love how Hollywood this area is now. They're like, yeah, yeah, we knew. Like, well, somebody could have told me because I would have swooped up in there and tried to meet them. Yeah, we were in. Me and uh, Joe Barker were in New York, and I kept joking about how if I saw uh, Chloe, I was going to creep her out. Little did I know she was filming in Wayne County when we were there. <laughs> but uh, man, that uh, that uh, Bones and All gets pretty gruesome though, because uh, it's kind of it's. I, I when I watched it, I, it, it made me think of Near Dark, like mm-hmm. how they did with vampires. Yeah. Is that just, one like the cannibal love story? Bones mm-hmm. and yes. All. Yes. Okay. It's good. I've heard about it, but I haven't watched. Um, it. But I had uh, also Motel Hell. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one I was one. looking for. Yep. That is it takes all one. kinds of critters to make <laughs> Farmer Vincent fritters. <laughs> uh, one I want to mention is Deathline. Has anybody seen that? No. No. Ooh. 1972, Christopher Lee, Donald Pleasance. It has a great scene with them, just the two of them, where they keep zooming in closer and closer on each of them during a showdown interaction. But uh, ultimately... The, the main point of it is the subway tunnels in London. There's a whole line that's been, it's, it's not functioning anymore, and it's developed a population down there. This is before Chud or oh, sure. anything like it. And so it's, it gets a little gnarly uh, with, with their cannibals, and they're, and they're basically dragging people down into this area. Interesting. But you've got this horror royalty 
Uh, well, obviously, long before Halloween with Pleasance, but the two of them, it's it's a fun one. I think that's Gary Sherman that did like Dead and Buried later and okay. a number of other movies. Well, there's elements of reality to those stories because I think there was a documentary called Dark Days that was about people in New York City who lived in abandoned subway tunnels. Oh, yeah. Just whole, whole like communities yeah. living in these um, subway tunnels. That's, I, don't, I don't know if Descent would... I don't know quite what... I still don't know what those things are. I don't know if those were people at one time or like... At one time, yeah. or, It does... Yeah. It, you, it's interesting, though, because it taps into that same kind of... Something Is much older. Is that like some inbreeding type yeah. thing? Or? And yeah, and then like the ways that they evolved to not like need eyes because they lived in the dark sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. so they were humans at one point. Evolution, here's where the fiction starts. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to mention too, not a movie, but the Donner Party, and oh, yeah. and, and its impact culturally, uh, the the just kind of abject terror that came out of that, and the idea of what those people went through, and how that kind of informed an element of, of horror storytelling long term that you could always go back to the well whenever you wanted. I mean, that's it's horrible. Oh, it's a crazy story. Well, I think even um, my bloody Valentine. That you know they get trapped in the, the the cave and he's the only one that comes out. I think he Harry Warden. he survives because yeah. I think he eats him. Right. Um, I know we joke, but Cannibal the musical mm-hmm. <laughs> is out there, and I always the problem with Ravenous is I watched that Ravenous and Cannibal the musical around the same time, and they just bleed together for me <laughs> <laughs> because they're tales from the eighteen hundreds. Um, yeah, there's another one that came up. The only one that I had left on my list, um, of course, is the big one, is a Wapet Silence, but of course it's Hannibal. Yeah. Um, so. Especially in Hannibal. The Hannibal really the TV show does a phenomenal job Which handling his... I need, to, I need to pick back. I started watching season one when it was airing, and then I just didn't get to finish, but um, I can't imagine what we're going to see, because I feel like <laughs> cannibalism in reality has been insane like the last decade. From like the dude doing bath salts in Florida that ate his friend's face, and um, there's been some crazy shit lately. Everybody eating butt now. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone watch that documentary, <laughs> The Cannibal Cop? No, I don't think so. I think it was an HBO one. So yeah, look, it's not a super well made documentary, and it's not a super interesting story. Was he only eat pig or long pig? <laughs> uh, someone had essentially this board. New York cop, I think he lived with his mom, was like just always on like Reddit at night or I think Craigslist back then. And that's the plot of Maniac Cop. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And essentially like he stumbles into a message board about like, well, if someone wanted to be eaten, would you eat them? And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. And then like the FBI was monitoring the board like, so you want to eat people and they arrest him and stuff. It's like, it's not as dramatic as the title sounds of cannibal cop, but I mean, dude like goes into the dark web essentially and, and says he would eat somebody, but it's not like he was soliciting people. He was kind of more just want to eat, butt. (laughs) yeah, well, and, and the whole Dahmer story has resurfaced now into the public conscious consciousness because of the, obviously that new, uh, what's his name? Ethan, uh, what's that guy's name? who played Dahmer in the movie. Oh, um, from American Horror. American yeah. Horror Story. Why can uh, I not Evan, think of Evan Peters? Evan Peters. Evan Peters. Uh, He's a phenomenal actor. So, yeah, I think cannibalism is, is fresh on people's mind right now, too. Because well, and that. we have Army Hammer. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> weird story. Yeah. That cannibalism is so hot right now. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, boy, cannibalism. Like, just in general, before we go, why, like, why do you guys, what do you think just kind of in a nutshell what makes it so scary why do you think it's so effective because i think if it if if it weren't as effective as it is it, there'd be way more movies mm-hmm. so you think about all the horror movies that are made this is not a super long list we just read i off. think because it makes us feel like a product the way we treat yeah, other living else. creatures well, that we and, and something that that I, what you just said that popped in my head is because i've just seen it for the first time at the at the drive-in is is Solon green because oh, yeah. it's oh, fucked yeah. up, but when I hear when I go to fucking Burger King and stuff, and it's like, what's all that stuff called now? The impossible, uh, impossible yeah, yeah, or like uh, some non-meat shit. All Meat I can based. think of is like Solent Green, <laughs> like Solent Green is evil. Yeah, because it's people. <laughs> I just think there's something instinctual for our survival that we don't like thinking about us as a, ourselves as a meal, right? 
Yeah. And I think there's something really scary in there. Because most we think of us we're the top of the food chain. Yeah, we don't really allow ourselves to even understand it. And so when a really good movie comes along, it gets under your skin. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I think really the appeal of like the jungle cannibal films is more deeply rooted in racism um, than it is about a fear of cannibalism. It's a fear like that the, these people will kill you and eat you. I think that that itself was a it was an effective subgenre because of racism more than a fear of cannibalism, in my opinion. I think that's why Hannibal is is popular here though because he's like a he was like a doctor. What was he for psychologist? Psychologist, yeah. yeah. So like, who would have suspected him? Like, which is I think is the story, like the true story, time and time again of like a lot of these serial killers. That like no, I, Ted Bundy's a, a he's a good citizen, he's right. a good boy. Yeah, he's going places. Yeah, very true. All right, cannibalism. Glad we busted this one wide open and never have to talk about <laughs> it again. Yeah. Uh, it's a tasty topic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go cook up some chili corn dogs. Oh, yeah, now, boy. <laughs> Right, well, surprise, they're all cut off wieners from these movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about the age of the nude actors. Ooh, had almost escaped without it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, wrapping up another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. Thanks for adding us to a list, Robert. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor Eaton Ass Wagstaff. (laughs) I'm just going to be Vinny this time. That is too much. Hi, Toddy. <laughs> Stay scary. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> <laughs>